Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Breaking Down the Doors, where we talk all things Vanderbilt Athletics. I'm your host, Adam Sparks, beat reporter of Vandy Athletics for the Tennessean. Today, format's a little bit different. I'll be solo today. You're going to get twice the takes uh, with half the voices and a specific take today. The topic I really want to hit on as we kind of get into the end of the first week of preseason practice for the Commodores is what has changed about the offense and the defense. Now, this is pretty timely because of the conversation uh, we just had with offensive coordinator Jerry Godowski and defensive coordinator Jason Tarver. They were made available to the media uh, earlier this week, and we talked about some of the changes. Now, fair warning here, there's not many changes I'm telling you that again. There's not many changes to the offense. There's not many changes to the defense. Uh, That's going to pain some Vanderbilt fans, and I understand that. We all love change. Uh, I've said for many years the NFL draft and National Signing Day are pretty popular because we can, you know, we can hold out hope that something is going to be different. Something is going to be new. Uh, Usually, what's different is and what's new uh, isn't good. And I think there's not going to be that much different, at least that we can perceive with the with the untrained naked eye about Vandy's offense under a new coordinator and its defense under a second year coordinator. And again, I think that's a good thing. And I'm going to tell you why during this podcast. So let's uh, let's start off with offense. Jerry Godowski has been with with Vanderbilt with with really with Derek Bakes' staff since the beginning since 2014. He's had a number of different roles. Andy Ludwig, the previous offensive coordinator, took off for Utah for a job that he actually had a few years before coming to Vandy. And Jerry Godowski now has been promoted as the offensive coordinator. Now, let me say on the front end, I've been accused on social media before of being an apologist. Um, maybe, uh, well, let's go with apologist of Andy Ludwig. Uh, I don't think that's accurate. I think there are reasonable criticisms of Andy Ludwig as a play caller. But I think a lot of the criticisms of him you could discard. I think maybe those are more in the moment, more on social media. You know, I thought it was fair that Andy Ludwig was criticized for his use of Keyshawn Vaughn to some extent. You know, Keyshawn Vaughn was one of the best running backs in the country last year, was underutilized for the first half of the season. After that, some injuries held him up and some other issues. I thought some criticism of Andy Ludwig as a play caller on third and fourth down were, I thought those were fair. There were a few plays where Keyshawn Vaughn wasn't on the field. There were plays where Vandy was in the shotgun when it was clear they should have been under center with on a fourth and less than one. I thought some of those criticisms were fair. But some of the ones of, uh, you know, they're too conservative, I think that's an easy go-to. When an offense isn't moving, you say they're too conservative, let's throw the ball, let's spread it out. That's, that's, I think that's video game talk. That's not necessarily something that, that, uh, that's going to succeed in college football. So uh, I do think not much needs to change from the offense. Uh, I think really the, what is going to change with Jerry Godowski is just the pushing of the right buttons. The better use of Keyshawn Vaughn, more sensible play calls on third and short and fourth and short. And I think maybe that's where more of Derek Mason is leaning. You know, if you look overall at the defense the past few years, statistically, Vandy's offense has not been bad. Actually, historically, it's been good. The red zone last year was atrocious. It, it, it was bad. It was one of the worst in the country. But the yards were good. The points were good. I think last year was fourth 
I think it was fourth all-time in program history in terms of average points scored. You know, so it's been productive. You know, the biggest stat that uh, Vandy needs to replicate from the last, I think it's three years, is that Vandy has been in the top 20 in terms of fewest turnovers in the last three seasons. Now, that was with Kyle Shermer, uh, experienced quarterback, but that was with Andy Ludwig calling what some would say is a conservative playbook. I think the tweaks are the are the best word for this offense, and that's what Derek Mason talked about that he wanted coming into this season. And I actually asked Jerry Godowski a couple days ago at uh, after a Vandy practice, specifically what did he think needed to change from the offense under Andy Ludwig to now during his tenure, and this is what he said. I think you're always looking to, to tweak little things and, and do things a little bit different, but, um, you know, like I said, last spring we're the nuts and bolts of everything is going to be the same you know but we're always looking for for ways to do things a little different and do things a little better are you looking to the quarterbacks whichever one you're leaning toward to to kind of dictate what routes work what call what play calls work is that up to them at all a little bit yeah I mean I think you're always trying to to fit what you know you do best with your personnel and what they do best and you know, we're multiple enough that we're able to do enough things that, you know, whatever a guy does well, especially at the quarterback position, you know, we're going to navigate that direction. So I want to point out a few things there in what Jerry Godowski said. Number one on that, uh, on the first question, on his first comment, tweak little things. Again, that's what Derek Mason wanted. When he hired uh, Jerry Godowski, if you'll remember, one of the first things that Derek Mason said was continuity. I want continuity. Jerry Godowski there said the nuts and bolts. What he means there is the terminology. The scheme is the same. The calls are the same. You know, so that they, they want what they've done under Andy Ludwig to continue with a lot of the skill guys, Jared Pinckney, Kalijah Lipscomb, Keyshawn Vaughn, with those guys staying in their in their the roles they've had the past couple of years. And, uh, and to keep the terminology, not shake things up too much, and just be able to tweak things maybe in more of the image that Jerry Godowski wants. And I think that'll probably take time, especially with a tough schedule that they have. I don't think you're going to see – I think you're going to see even fewer changes early in the schedule than you will uh, later in the year. Th- that second comment, second set of comments there from Jerry Godowski, obviously is where I ask about how the quarterbacks would dictate that. Deuce Wallace, the junior – and Ball State uh, graduate transfer Riley Neor competing for the starting quarterback job. And you'll notice there that Jerry, Jerry Godowski said, whatever a guy does well at, at the quarterback position, we're going to navigate more towards that direction. You know, most of the changes or a lot of the changes that occur in the offense this year are going to be dictated more as much by the quarterback as they are by the play caller. Even if Andy Ludwig was back this year as the offensive coordinator, the offense was going to change some because Kyle Shermer is no longer here, and he's been the starter for the last three and a half years. So it'll be dictated by whoever the starting quarterback is. Uh, I've said it on this podcast before, and I'll, I'll, I'll say it again now, that I still think Riley Neal is the front runner. Now, is that is that 90% to 10%? Is that 51 to 49? I'd lean more towards the 70-30. I still think it's an open competition now a week into preseason practice. But Riley Neal, is, it's, it's his job to lose, so to speak. And I'm a little more convinced of that now than I was a week ago when preseason practice had not yet started. If it is Riley Neal, 
again, there's not as much need for the offense to change. Uh, you know, Kalijah Lipscomb, maybe this was cryptic, maybe this was just off the cuff, but when I asked him about the quarterbacks back in the spring, he highlighted how 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 much Deuce Wallace's mobility, how how much of a of a positive that he is, that he knows the offense. When I asked Kalijah Lipscomb again at SEC Media Days a couple weeks ago about the differences between them. He he said the same things about both quarterbacks, but he quickly highlighted that Riley Neal had picked up the playbook really well. That was a strength of Deuce Wallace in the spring because Riley Neal was new. That Riley Neal had picked up the playbook well, and his arm is very similar to Kyle Shermer. He made that point. And they've seen that in workouts the receivers have uh, during the summer. So if it is Riley Neal, I don't think the offense is going to change that much, and it really shouldn't. You should look at it more as a less experienced, at least in this offense, but more mobile Kyle Shermer, a a version of Kyle Shermer. Different guy, uh, different quarterback, but still you can run the offense similar to what it was with Kyle Shermer and Andy Ludwig with a Riley Neal and a Jerry Godowski um, calling the plays. Something else that Jerry Godowski said, I asked him in the same interview you know, should the quarterback be just a distributor? You know, we've talked so much about, well, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is one of the biggest playmakers in the country at running back, and Kalijah Lipscomb is a record-breaking wide receiver, possession receiver mostly. Jared Pinckney will be a high draft pick as a tight end. You have all these weapons. Don't you just want a distributor, a game manager, a guy that can just get the ball out of his hands and, and kind of disappear within the offense and let those playmakers do what they do? Um, he Jerry Godowski kind of understood where I was coming from in that question, but he was quick to stop me and said, no, not necessarily. I want a quarterback that will be a weapon. That will be a weapon. And that's that could go one of two ways. Now, what he's saying is, and he expounded on it, you know, if it's a guy that can run the ball, which is a little more Deuce Wallace, but also some of Riley Neal, he wants that to be in the offense. If it's throwing the ball downfield, which would be more Riley Neal, he wants to use that as a weapon, uh, something to threaten defenses. And if it's something something where they can make calls up on the up on the line of scrimmage and check into the right play, he wants to use that as a weapon. He does not want his quarterback to disappear into the offense. That can be a good thing if you have a quarterback that can make plays. It can be a bad thing if you try to push this new starter into trying to do too much. It's something I think they're uh, they're going to have to balance. Uh, quite a bit, depending on which quarterback it is, and and really depending on how much you want to use, uh, how much how much you want to get the ball uh, to those playmakers without uh, making it too complicated. Again, this this is a new offense for Riley Neal, and with Deuce Wallace, he didn't play last year. He was actually suspended, so um, you're getting him coming in just a little bit um, cold as well. So, with all that being said, what is going to change about the offense? Something's got to change. More Keyshawn Vaughn, although we saw that more late last year. If Vaughn is healthy, um, and he's paid a lot of attention to that in the offseason in the weight room, if he is healthy, is he, if he's more durable, you're going to see more Keyshawn Vaughn. I think you're going to see more passing to him out of the backfield, too, especially if it's Riley Neal. You know, if you look at some of the game film you can go on YouTube and see this of Riley Neal at Ball State, where he started 32 games. A lot of his film has him in shotgun, running a little bit of read option, but not a lot. And they'll they'll incorporate that, I think, a little bit. But throwing throwing uh, to to guys coming out of the backfield, and they've worked on that with Keyshawn Vaughn a lot in the off season to try to make him a weapon 
more in the in the screen passing game, but not e- even as much of that. Just uh, swing passes, maybe wheel routes, things where they can get him out in open space. I think you're going to see more of that in the offense. A little more read option, like I mentioned, but that's just because they do have a quarterback or a co- couple of quarterbacks that can run that a little bit. Um, Riley Neal is not going to wow you with his speed, but he did run some read option at uh, at Ball State. More goal line stuff. You know, he's six six, two twenty five. So, you know, think uh, think more Tebow than Michael Vick, so to speak. Uh, a guy that can pick you up four or five yards, but not a guy that's going to break a lot of long runs. Uh, I get asked a lot on social media and email about tempo if they're going to go more up tempo. Maybe later in the year, early on, I don't think so. You know, you have Georgia, Purdue, and LSU first three games, especially with Georgia and LSU that will want to run the ball, that will want to, uh, you know, grind it out quite a bit, uh, will want to score quickly, and those they have two really good offenses there. Uh, Vandy needs to shorten those games. They need to shorten those games. They need to drag drives out and be productive. And if you're going tempo, boy, if it works, that's great. But if it doesn't, you're giving a whole lot of extra possessions to superior teams, to top 10 teams. So I, if, if we see a lot of tempo, I don't think it's going to be in those, uh, in those first three games. I must say, and this is a weird thing, to, to weird take to have, I suppose, but I think we're probably, at least early on, maybe going to see less changes in the offense than we will the defense. New coordinator for the offense, but I think Vandy's offense is going to look more similar to what it was last year than the defense. I think there'll be a few more changes on the defense than the offense. So on that, let's jump over the defensive side. Jason Tarver, second-year defensive coordinator. Uh, Now, Tarver was at Stanford back a few years ago with Derek Mason, but primarily his experience the last few years has been in the NFL. The 49ers, the Raiders, comes from an NFL pedigree. Let me just say this on, on a kind of a foundational statement. We don't know defense that well. I don't know defense that well, uh, and I've covered college football for almost 20 years. You don't know defense that well. You as the listener, you, you don't. And maybe there's a few out there that are saying, I absolutely know it. I, I, I've, I've coached it at the high school level, or I played it for a long time, or I've seen so much football. Good for you. Most people don't know the intricate parts of defense in the way that we know offense. Most people don't recognize coverages right away. Now, I, I, I do some from watching it over covering it over the last 20 years, but not to the detail that I think we understand offense. We, st- we understand offensive schemes far better. I think that goes for any fan, even most media members, than we do defense. Defense, most of the changes that we recognize are more tone than scheme. So a lot of the changes I think that we will see in scheme, we're not going to pick up on right away. I I think that goes for Jason Tarver's defense this year. I think there will be some changes. I don't think they'll be drastic. uh, And there's a few reasons for that. But just as a foundational statement, I think there will be changes, but we're probably not going to pick up on them as easily as we will the offensive changes. There will be a few changes to the scheme, and Jason Tarver and Derek Mason have both talked about that. Um, But I think there's going to be more changes to personnel, less changes to scheme. Uh, I think we've seen some clues about that just in preseason talk 
in what Derek Mason has said, in what of the in a lot of the offseason plans in terms of recruiting, in terms of how they've tried to reshape uh, the roster. I think there's some clues to to say that they're going to have uh, less changes in scheme because they're going to be more changes in personnel. See if you can pick up a little bit of that on uh, on a, a quick comment here uh, when when I asked Jason Tarver about some of the personnel changes that they've made in the offseason. Here's uh, defensive coordinator Jason Tarver. I think Coach Mason said it best. He said a stimulus package. So what we did is we went out and we looked for, regardless of age, we looked for experience. So we brought in some grad transfers. We were able, some young men did a nice job both in high school and at the junior college, so they were able to get into school, and that's a big deal for us. So it's nice because we have young men from all over the country with different experience levels that really love football, and we added somebody at every position. So a couple of things I want to point out from that. You know, Tarver said stimulus package. He's basically repeating there uh, what Derek Mason has has uh, has called this, the offseason plan to get bigger and stronger, which every coach says at this time of the year. But to get bigger to uh, up, up front in the front seven, especially on the defensive front, uh, to get more experience. That's what he's, he's saying there, stimulus package. You know, right there, Jason Tarver said, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a good bump for them in the offseason to get guys into school. Now, don't be overly concerned there, Vanderbilt fans. That doesn't mean they just took took guys with two O GPAs and shoved them into school. That doesn't happen at Vanderbilt. Never has, never will. But what they mean is junior college guys that were academic qualifiers at a high school getting their last credits in. That means getting, especially it means getting graduate transfers uh, to be accepted into graduate school in uh, in the spring and early summer because they wanted to add a lot of experience and they added a lot of transfers. It's, uh, I think, it's 11 transfers on both sides of the ball at least nine, maybe ten of those guys, total of the 11, uh, will be eligible to play this year. So junior college guys, graduate transfer guys, um, most of them with size, most of them already filled out physically. That was the, that was the plan in the offseason, and that's the, that's the clue I want to I point you to. The emphasis this offseason was not to reshape the scheme of the defense. The idea was to get better and bigger and deeper personnel. The thought coming out of last season of that defense that struggled for most of the season for Vanderbilt was that this plan would work if we had better players, if we had bigger players, if we had a deeper lineup of players. That tells you the scheme's not going to change that much. It tells you that they think they could, again, like the offensive side, tweak a few things and make it work, but they needed different guys, a different different type of guys uh, to, to make this defense work. You know, there's, there's obviously plenty of areas for, uh, for the defense to, to, to improve. You know, a lot of the, the terminology, the rhetoric that, that Jason Tarver has used is strain. This is the, one of the key words this preseason, strain. What he's meaning with a couple of things there is strain to get off of double teams, to get off of blocks, to fill gaps, to to stop the run, essentially, and strain to be good on third down. Uh, Vandy was one of the worst teams in the country last year on, on third down defense, and they've got to they've be far better there. Um, so what's going to change about Vandy's defense? Again, Tarver coming back, second-year coordinator. He had never coached in the SEC before. 
And now he can kind of take any lessons that he learned, carry over his scheme, again, with a few tweaks, into year two, but now with different personnel. And they feel like personnel that will fit better to the scheme that they tried to implement last year. So I asked Jason Tarver after practice, what needs to change and what have you learned that needs to change in the scheme? And here's here was his answer. Well, What's great here is we have a lot of coaches and experience on the defensive side. So we're pretty experienced in, in both the college and the NFL level. We've been, we've been exposed to many different kinds of schemes. So what you do is you want to make sure the schemes fit the players. So we made some things that will look different to people and some things that will look the same to people. But what we're constantly doing is trying to – evolve it for our players. What can they do? How do they play as fast as they can? And how do we put them in positions to make plays? Now let's take some some focus, some hyper focus on, on one part of that comment. We have a lot of coaches with experience on the defensive side, he pointed out. And then he went more general. We have guys with college experience and NFL experience. But, you know, his point, which is one Derek Mason had made earlier in preseason camp, was that we can kind of we can kind of go around the room and 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 tweak the scheme based on things that different coaches have seen. Now, now generally, he means all the coaches in the room. Specifically, he's talking about Derek Mason. There, he 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 means everybody in the room, but he really, really, really means I'm going to lean on Derek Mason for some advice here. And I know that from what Derek Mason said just a few days before this. Derek Mason really emphasized the fact that Jason Tarver, you know, would learn some lessons, already had learned some lessons from his first year in the SEC. And Derek Mason talked a lot about, you know, his transition as a first-time head coach in the SEC in 2014 to then becoming a coordinator in 2015. And the things that he learned in year two as a head coach about defense, coaching defense in the SEC, and then from 2015 to 2016, what he learned from being a first-time coordinator in the SEC to then his second year. Uh, you know, he's making that parallel there between, hey, I've, I've done it before and I know what needs to change in year two, making that comparison to Jason Tarver, telling his, his good friend, his longtime friend, Jason Tarver, I've been in your shoes. I know you don't have to change everything. You just need to change a handful of things. And what I think this points to is going back to Derek Mason's second year as a head coach and his second year as a coordinator and what worked back then. 2015 and 2016 were Vandy's two very good years uh, on the defensive side. And what was so good those years was run defense, third down defense, red zone defense. I think it was 2016, Vandy was number one in the country in red zone defense. They were among the the, the top teams in the country, both of, really three different years, at least two in red zone and third down defense. They were one of the top three or four in the conference and run defense. And this kind of mimics a lot of what uh, Mason and Tarver have been saying this preseason practice. They said, we, we have to stop the run to earn the right to rush the passer. This has kind of been one of their phrases in, in, in the preseason, earn the right to rush the passer. It is an emphasis on, on run defense and a de-emphasis 
on pass defense. Last year, Vandy's third down defense was among the worst in the country, not because they were that bad on third down. It's because they were not good enough on first and second down. So then third down became a third and three, a third and two, as opposed to a third and seven, third and eight. They've got to be better against the run. They've got to do it better in the early downs. And if you think back to 2016 and 2015, why they were so good defensively stopping the run is they were good in the front seven. You know, Zach Cunningham was there. Uh, You know, obviously you can always be better if you have a, you know, all SEC caliber linebacker. They need to be better um, at linebacker, specifically on the inside. Uh, Dimitri Moore, their top returning tackler, inside linebacker, has uh, during practice in the first week has been hobbled. He's been in a red jersey. So if he he needs to get back for them to be stronger at that position. But I won't even make as much of a statement about the changes that will happen with the Derek Mason influence on the defense. I'll more put out some questions, some things that I think we need to look at early in this season. What are the fronts for Vandy's defense? You know, a lot of times we talk about changes are from a 3-4 to a 4-3 and these sort of things. Most of that matters little in, in college football anymore. Um most teams are in a three-man front. They're not necessarily in a 3-4. Sometimes it's a 3-3. Three, three. Three, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, uh, because a lot of teams, Vandy included, like to use a nickel, five defensive backs, as more of their base defense. So is Vandy going to be in a three-man front? If so, are they going to remain in a 3-3? Three, three? Will they still utilize the nickel? Last year they used the nickel a lot, and I thought maybe it hurt them at times trying to stop the run. Do they go back to using more of a traditional 3-4 and take their chances that the back four defensive backs can cover the pass and uh, and, it, and and you know have a more traditional 3-4 where they can be a little more uh, put a little more priority on stopping the run? Does it mean that they use tweeners? Uh, you know something to watch. Uh, from uh, some of the preseason comments from Derek Mason is this this idea of a Stephen Weatherly type. He he used that name the other day. Stephen Weatherly, back about three or four years ago, was Vandy's outside linebacker slash defensive end, a guy that was an outside linebacker by trade but played more with his hand down as a defensive end for Vandy. Uh, Vandy has a couple of guys that are more of that body type, a tweener guy that, that can – they can be by position outside linebacker, but they can come up and put their hand uh, down on the ground. You can you can be a little more versatile there in trying to stop the run if you can use guys like that. Elijah McAllister is an obvious guy, 6'6", 258. He's a redshirt freshman. They feel like he's going to be a good player. Is he that this year? Uh, we'll see. LaShawn Polino-Bell, 6'4", 243. Played at uh, Michigan State a couple of years ago. He's coming directly from junior college. They've got a couple of those guys that can be those Stephen Weatherly type tweeners. So do we see more of those guys utilized in the 3-4? Or do they just say, forget this, and we're going to go with a traditional four-man front? And you then have a 4-3, which is not what they've run that much of, but they have some. You have four down linemen, and you try to lean on depth uh, up front to to stop the run. If you do that, again, you're running the risk of giving up the pass over the top. So these are just some things that I think we need to look at to see if they change their fronts, if they load up the box with seven, eight guys. They lost Juwan Williams at corner, so they're going to have new corners. You know, you're going to run the risk somewhere. I think I think they're really going to sell out early on, though, to stop the run, especially against Georgia and LSU, and then try to evolve the scheme beyond that. 
Um, so, again, I don't see a lot of changes on the offensive side, but some of them will be dictated by who the quarterback is. On the defensive side, I think you are going to see some tweaks. I think you're going to see more of an influence from Derek Mason, and that's okay because these are two good friends that go way back, uh, Jason Tarver and Derek Mason. I do think you know, even beyond that, that friendship, there is a good partnership there. So I think that can work. Um, I do think we'll see some influences, though, Derek Mason on the defense and trying to be, be stronger against the run. Uh, something to also look for is Eddie Zinn Turner, graduate transfer, Davion Davis, a freshman. These are bigger guys that you've probably heard in the preseason, 300-pounders. A lot of the grad transfers, junior college transfers, and some of the freshmen coming in are bigger bodies. This is what Jason Tarver referenced earlier with bringing in different personnel. They have bigger personnel, but will they be able to utilize that? In preseason so far, there's been a couple of comments. Again, this is the first week, but a couple of comments that some of these guys need to be in better condition. Um, We'll see if they're in better condition once the uh, season gets here. It's one thing to be, you know, to go from 280 pound defensive linemen to 310 defensive linemen. It's another thing to have those guys at that size that can move. So, again, something to look for. For you, I need you to look for our coverage on Tennessean.com. If you're not a subscriber to the site, you need to be. If you're listening to this podcast, you know you need to be. If you are clicking on our story on either side of the paywall, you know you need to be because that means you want to you want the best Vanderbilt coverage. It's it's very inexpensive, a few bucks a month. Uh, so please go to Tennessean.com, subscribe, become a subscriber. You can be just a digital only subscriber if you if you'd like to be. That's that's available. And please, please sub- subscribe to this podcast, Breaking Down the Doors. Um, we're, now that we're in the season, we're, we're every week. Sometimes it will be me. Sometimes it will be me and a colleague, probably Tommy D's our sports director. But you need to subscribe anywhere you listen to a podcast. You can listen on our site to the podcast. I listen usually on iTunes. That's where I subscribe. And uh, it's the easiest way to hear some long-form, candid conversations about Vandy athletics and especially right now Vandy football. So that'll do it for this week. I'm Adam Sparks, Vanderbilt beat reporter for the Tennessean, and I'll talk to you next week on Breaking Down the Doors.